Welcome to Marketecture, where you can get smart fast with in-depth interviews of leading technology vendors. I'm Eric Paparo, and I'm here with Brian Lesser of Infosum. Brian, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Ari. It's great to see you. Yeah, great seeing you too. So um, let's start with the basics. Like, what is Infosum? What do you do? We're a data collaboration platform. I actually came across Infosum as a platform and solution when I worked at AT AT&T. And I was looking for the solution to several problems, mostly having to do with how customer data is compared between entities and normalized between databases. There is a tried and true way of normalizing data, particularly between two different companies, which mostly has to do with finding a common identity and then commingling data in a third-party database. And when I was at AT&T, we obviously had a tremendous amount of sensitive data, and it wasn't as efficient as we'd like it to be in terms of onboarding data and running campaigns. So we went looking for a solution, and we found Infosum, which at the time described itself as a data collaboration platform, and I'd never heard that before. But when I got more into how the product worked, I was intrigued because it's a decentralized way to compare data sets without having to combine or commingle those data sets, and importantly, without having to agree on a common identity, although it works with a common identity as well. So the industry has moved us into this category of data clean room, which I don't object to, but we always start with data collaboration platform because Number one, I don't think people really understand what a data clean room is yet. Even the people that are in that business, there are different versions of that. There are different iterations. And number two, because there are lots of business applications for a broader decentralized data collaboration platform that would fall outside of a quote unquote data clean room. There's a lot of space to innovate. So uh, let's talk clean rooms. So I'm glad you said clean rooms because some people who are in the clean room space don't like to use the phrase clean rooms. Is, I kind of objected any... to it in the beginning. I, you know, I think, <laughs> I, I don't know if you, I'm sure you'll agree with this or, or some version of this, but I think that particularly in the world of more tech or ad tech or any sort of technology that services the broader media world, we have a tendency to group businesses very, very quickly, almost to the point where those businesses don't have as much in common as just the term that sits above the box. You know, and I think clean room is one of those areas where, Snowflake is a clean room and Infosum is a clean room. And now lots of other data services companies have clean rooms. And I'm not suggesting that that's true or not true. It's just we should try to figure out what that means first before we start labeling all these businesses. Yeah. So I like this idea of collaboration. And on your website, you talk a lot about zero trust collaboration. Um, But I want to make sure we really understand what's happening here. So can we go through like a case study in some depth, uh, you know, we don't have to name companies, but, you know, you have maybe a buy side and a sell side in the media environment and how the, how the data moves through the whole process. Sure. I can give you some media examples. You know, some of our customers in the UK, ITV and Channel 4, the Walt Disney Company in the US, use us for a very specific reason, which is to onboard customer data in a manner where the data never has to be combined or commingled. So in the customer data management 2.0 world, you would call that data onboarding. But the use case is, and we faced this quite a bit when, when we were at Xander, a big advertiser comes to you and wants to run a campaign based on what they know about a customer. So, you know, it's an auto manufacturer and they're trying to sell pickup trucks. 
they know who's in the market for a pickup truck, who's coming off lease, and they have that information down to a cookie level or a set-top box level or some other identifiable level of interaction. And so it's your job then to onboard that data, match it up against your own data and run a campaign. That's a very simple case of onboarding. The way that works today, Ari, and, and I think you know, telling you things you already know is you rely on potentially two different partners. One provides the identity upon which both of you can match. And the other provides the onboarding solution, which is to say they pull the data together, match it against the identity, anonymize it, and send it back. That whole process is time-consuming and inefficient and also increasingly fraught with privacy and security challenges. So what we do is we license technology to both of those parties. Both parties upload customer data, all of their customer data, some subset of their customer data, you know, whatever is relevant to that transaction into what we call a bunker. So that's what we license. We license bunkers. Inside of that bunker, the data is transformed from individual rows of customer data into effectively a mathematical model that is perfectly descriptive of the data and still deterministic, but cannot be enumerated or reverse engineered back into a customer file. And we own that model. We own that system of licensing bunkers, and we own the model whereby it's transformed into something different. We then provide a platform to both of those businesses and those businesses log into our platform and they permission each other as to what they can see and not see in terms of the insight of that data. So what's the bridge? So if we're, if let's say the advertiser has first party cookies and the publisher has maybe first party cookies and email addresses, what's the bridge? Is, is there a device graph in the middle from a third party? The bridge can be anything. So the system will recognize where there is overlap. So let's say those two data sets have email address in common. The system will tell you that the biggest overlap between those data sets is email address. It could be any descriptor of the data, and it can be online and offline, which again, I think a lot of clean rooms mostly deal in online data. But if it so happens that it's a physical address, that's right. fine too. The system will say you have an overlap of 70% on physical address. So that works really well when those data sets have something in common. Doesn't work as well when those data sets don't have something in common. And that's when we can pull in an identity provider to kind of bridge the gap. But the answer, simply answer your question is it can be on anything. It could be a cookie, at least for the time being. It could be an IP address. It could be a physical address, an email address, sort of anything that describes the customer. So I just want to pull the thread on the device graph part. So is that a service that you offer or does the customer have to license a device graph? No, that's what we offer. You offer it because some of your competitors do and some don't when it comes to the middle part, the graph part. The matching service is inherent to the platform. We don't right. offer an identity, which is a distinction in the sense that if the data has a natural overlap, our service will match it. Right. But if you yeah. need a third-party identifier, we need to pull that in. Thanks for listening. To hear the complete interview, subscribe at architecture.tv.